everybody, and welcome to yet another edition of the Time Out with DG podcast. I am your host, Daniel Gotera. Thanks for stopping by. Episode 78, where I ask the question, what sport are the Texans actually playing these days? Boy, it was a fantastic weekend other than that. It was a miserable experience on Sunday as the Colts beat the Texans 31-3. We're going to dive into that here in a little bit. But first, go ahead and like and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already. What are you waiting for? This is the second video podcast that I've done attaching this video to audio. First time around, it worked out pretty well. Got some nice comments about it. Posted it on the KHOU YouTube page. So if you haven't checked that out, it might be a little dated at this point. But hey, if you want to see my smiling face, go ahead. If you're watching this now on YouTube, none of that really matters. So thanks for joining me on this video. As I come to you from the uh, KHOU Great Day Studios here near the Galleria. Spending a little bit more time at the uh, station these days. So uh, uh, hopefully I can get a couple of more of these video podcasts up and posted so you guys can see. The audio portion will always be there. I can record that at the house. The video aspect of it, I just don't have the space at my current home to record these. So I come in here and uh, record these for you guys until we get a, like I think I'm envisioning, hopefully, once we kind of get back to fully operational here at the station, we're getting close, we're getting close. Um, I, I I wanna create like a sports podcasting area. Maybe like put some banners up, some Houston sports memorabilia that we've got in the office. Maybe one of our side rooms create uh, like a nice little sports podcasting area. I know our Jason Bristol does his baseball podcast there as well. Um, if you haven't checked that out, go check that out. It's good stuff. Uh, but I, that, that's kind of the goal. I want to I wanna have like a nice little space where I could set up the camera and record the podcast in a, in, in, a, in a nice room that we've set up. But for now, the Great Day Studios here will work. I'm, I'm thanking the folks for letting me stop by their kitchen set up. I'm not going to really cook anything, but uh, here we are in the uh, in the kitchen of the Great Day Studio. So, hey, thanks for tuning in. Uh, the last time I talked to you guys was a couple of weeks ago as we were previewing the uh, Astros White Sox American League Division Series. Uh, that was an emotional roller coaster for yours truly. If you've listened to the podcast before, uh, uh, you know that I'm a big White Sox fan. Oh, excuse me. Let me uh, <clears throat> take a sip of water here. Hold on one second. That's what happens when you're doing this stuff um, and recording it. So anyway, uh, as you guys know, I'm a big White Sox fan. So uh, that series happened. I'm going to get into that here in a little bit. But um, it was an emotional roller coaster. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I, I, I did not handle it as well as I thought I would. <laughs> I really didn't. Um, because, you know, the last time the White Sox were in a meaningful playoff series, got to go back to 2008. That's when they last hosted a playoff series. Uh, on the south side of Chicago, and uh, I thought this series was going to be better than what it was. It ended up being just awful. One game was fun, from my perspective. The rest of it was just dreadful. Um, The White Sox pitching staff was just complete trash. They didn't show up. That was the strong suit of the team, and they didn't show up, but credit the Astros. They, uh, They did what they had to do to get past the White Sox, but it was an emotional roller coaster. Uh, couldn't watch some of the games. I had stuff going on with my kids, and I was checking my phone. I, I just, it, I was a mess. You can ask my wife, and God bless my wife, by the way. Uh, she has not seen me in this playoff baseball mode uh, in a very long time. In fact, that was the year we first met, 2008. I know the Sox went to the playoffs last, last year, but uh, it's totally different, man. And you know, people ask me. 
people what we were always asking me is like, oh, well, what, what, what happens now? What are you rooting for the Astros? And no, I'm, I'm, I, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm rooting for them as a fan because I'm not really a fan of the Astros, but it's, it's, it's totally different. Like, um, yeah, it, it's pretty, it was, it was a wild experience. I got a lot of texts. I lost some bets along the way. I have to pay off some bets. I have to buy my neighbor a bottle of alcohol, <laughs> uh, his favorite alcohol. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was an interesting time since we last spoke. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, to be perfectly honest with you, I, uh, I need to detox on baseball a little bit. I need to go baseball detox. It was, it was a lot. I was thinking about the series all the time. I was dreaming about it. I was waking up, thinking about looking for lineup. I, whatever. I took a break from social media. Bottom line is being a fan in October with your favorite team is uh, a lot more stressful than I remember, especially when your favorite team is playing the team that you cover. So uh, anyway, uh, I figured I'd address that because I know if you guys have listened to this podcast, you guys are very well aware that I'm a huge White Sox fan. And uh, hey, Sox had a great season. They weren't ready for the moment. Like I said, the pitching was complete trash. Hopefully they can uh, revamp that a little bit and next year come back and contend. The Astros, however, are still rolling. I'm going to get to the ALCS against the Red Sox here in a little bit. But as I teased off the top, we are first talking Texans. So yes, the Texans will be the top headline of this particular podcast episode. My question, like I asked off the top of this episode, what sport are the Texans actually playing? You know, we didn't have high expectations for you guys. Um, We knew what this team was going to be all about. I didn't really pick them to win more than three or four games, but man, uh, is this what it's going to be like the rest of the season? Because uh, I don't, we're in week six of the NFL season, and I, I'm about done. <laughs> When's the draft? Uh, and my biggest issue is, look, Tyrod Taylor gets hurt. This team gets completely thrown into flux. They're throwing a quarterback who's not really ready for the moment. He, he's shown some signs that... He is, he's growing, he's, he's learning from it. That Patriots game was a, was a prime example. I thought he played really, really well there. But his two road games have, have not been great, and he's not getting a lot of help. And I think that's where my biggest issue with this Texans team lies. We're not expecting them to win a lot of games. The problem that I'm seeing right now is that the guys that are supposed to be improving, that you'd like to see improve, Guys that we hope down the line are pieces of the rebuild that will stay and stick and hopefully help this team down the road, they're not getting better. And not only are they not getting better, but this team, in contrast to the first six quarters of the season, has become really, really undisciplined. Like, they are really, really undisciplined. In fact, Brandon Cook said that yesterday. Take a listen to what he had to say. Yeah, I think that's one of those things that you got to take on individually, to be honest with you. You can't make anyone disciplined. Um, You got to want to be disciplined. You got to practice that way. Um, Not just practice that way, but you got to be in the meeting room that way. Uh, Take care of your body. I mean, it's just, you know, success is not a gimmick. Discipline is not a gimmick. It's about everyday life choice. It's about deep down inside individually. Um, Do you want to be that or not? As simple as that. We can't make our teammates you can't make anyone else do that you got to do it by yourself no we're an undisciplined team 
I'll be very honest with you. From all of us, we all got some type of, uh, you know, accountability in that. We're, we're undisciplined. It's just the truth. So there's the veteran, Brandon Cooks. He's been on several teams. He's been around the block a few times in the NFL, and he's not wrong. And that goes back to coaching, and David Culley took responsibility for that the day after a 31-3 beating to the Colts. Here's David Culley talking about that. Well, that starts with me, and that starts with just what I just said. We've got to do a better job as coaches in practice of making sure that we're focusing more, that our concentration is at a higher level, and it's not at that level that it needs to be right now. Uh, in practice, we haven't seen a whole bunch of those kind of things happening. It has happened, but we're going to emphasize it more as a staff. Uh, we're going to make sure they understand it more. We're going to put them in those situations again and to make sure that they understand how critical it is. And again, you know, to change things, you got to change. And we have to do that moving forward in practice and making sure that we are addressing that even more so than what we have been addressing it and just emphasize it and emphasizing it and let the process take care of itself. David Culley taking responsibility, and I admire that from him. Look, he, he's in a tough spot. There were times on the sidelines yesterday. In fact, there was one moment he threw up his hands. He's like, why do we keep doing things that are so stupid? It's true. The undisciplined football aspect of this is is concerning because look if you're going to go out there and you're going to get beat you know by teams that are more talented fine but you you can't go out there and commit penalties turn the ball over especially when you're entering pretty much every game that you play with less talent than the other team that you're playing and so that can't happen and yesterday we saw several examples of that the game against the Colts uh 31 to 3 like I said it was it was a beating and not only are they undisciplined but they're not they're not growing within the games uh sean pendergast sports radio 610 great guy listening to his post game show uh after that game on sunday and he brought up a great point that in the last four games the games that davis mills has started the texans are being outscored in the second half, 78 to 10. 78, 78 to 10, that is hard to do in the NFL. That means that they are completely getting outcoached, outperformed in the second. I don't know what's going on in the locker room, but they need to change things up. What is being said, stop saying it, because they're being outscored 78 to 10. Every game they come out and they just get worked in the second half. Like, I mean, they're somewhat competitive, in the first half, look, against the Colts, that was a 10-3 ball game, right? 10-3 ball game. And I'm thinking, okay, well, at least they're hanging around. You know, the defense made some plays, and, you know, they got burned a little bit uh, on that deep pass. But, the, you know, the offense is kind of, you know, they're moving the ball a little bit. It's not pretty football, by all means. We never expected pretty football from this team at all in 2021. But, man, when they come out of the locker room, they get worked. They get worked in a bad way. Against Buffalo, they got destroyed. Now, Buffalo's a Super Bowl contender. That's fine. Against the Patriots, when they got that huge lead, they got outscored down the stretch, didn't score a point. They, I, think, I think the Patriots scored the last 16 points of that game. Then in this game, they come out and get a three and out. Okay, that's exactly what you needed. But then Davis Mills throws an interception, cold score, and then just the, the, the ball started rolling in the wrong direction. It started snowballing from there. So... What we're looking for from this team is not to be just dreadfully bad every single week. 
And from what we've seen so far, in the, especially in the last couple of weeks, on the road, and we're going to see another road game here coming up against Arizona, which is going to be miserable. My question heading into next week is, should the Texans even show up? Like, no, honestly, I mean, would anybody miss them? Like, <laughs> would anybody not realize that they're not there in Arizona? Because they're taking on an undefeated Cardinals team with DeAndre Hopkins, J.J. Watt, that whole storyline we're going to hear all week. I mean, Tyrod Taylor's not ready to start, and I know that's been a huge question, especially last week leading up to this Colts game, whether or not Tyrod Taylor should start. Should they let Davis Mills go, let, let, him, uh, let him go, let him get some more reps? Man, look, this is speaking from a viewer's perspective. If Tyrod's ready to go, he needs to play. Let's get him back in there. And not just from a viewer's perspective, but I think they're six games in. They haven't completely lost that locker room yet. We got a lot of journeyman guys, guys on one-year contracts, and you know I think they all responded pretty well to David Culley in the training camp through the first game, through the first two weeks actually, because they played pretty well in Cleveland until Tyrod got hurt. But we're entering we're entering danger zone right now, and I think Culley, and I think he knows this deep down inside. It may be different from what the organization wants. I think maybe organizationally speaking, Nick Casario and those guys, they want to see what they have in Davis Mills and why not see in a season like this. But conversely, on the flip side of that coin, if you will, you don't want to keep throwing Davis Mills out there and him lose confidence in what he's doing. We saw his confidence grow against the Patriots. Maybe that's because he was here at home. Some of the plays they were calling were different. In this game, he wasn't terrible, but he wasn't good either. Uh, I think he called his performance decent. Um, you don't want to let the young quarterback lose confidence. And right now, this offensive line is miserable. They cannot run the ball. Aside from two runs of 24 yards from Mark Ingram and 35 yards from Phillip Lindsay in, in garbage time at the end of the game, they're averaging less than three yards per rush in that game. They haven't been able to run the ball at all. They were able to do it a little bit more when Tyrod was there because he offers a different dynamic to the offense. But, I mean, he... Right now, it's rough sledding, running the football. The offensive line is not good. They've got guys playing out of position. Titus Howard should be a tackle. They should move him back to tackle. I don't know why he's at guard right now. Tackle is his normal position. Let's see what you have out of a first-round pick, because right now he's not getting any better. And I hate to single a guy like that out, but, I mean, there were multiple plays. I think uh, Brockers got a sack on Davis Smell. I mean, he just came right around, um, right around our guy. I say our guy the guy that we're watching, um, in Titus Howard. And it just, it just, it's not working right now up front. Laramie Tunsil's going to be out for a long time. Justin Britt missed the game. And you have, and then the argument then goes back to, okay, then why would you want to put Tyrod Taylor in that situation? Well, Tyrod's been around a long time. He's been in the league a long time. He knows what certain situations are. I just think right now they're one in five. They have not put on a good product, especially on the road. They're going to play Arizona, not just Arizona, but they got the Rams coming up. They haven't played anybody in the NFC West. Uh, they got the Chargers later on this season. They have a, a couple of games there when you, you have to you have to reassess where you are. And I think Tyrod Taylor gives them the best chance to win a game, be competitive in a game, obviously. But I I think right now, for that locker room sake, Tyrod needs to be the guy. And uh, David Culley, like, uh, you know, you hate to say you feel bad for the guy because he's an NFL coach and he's taking responsibility for some of the undisciplined plays. He says they've seen some of that stuff in practice, but, man, it, it's just not good. It's bad football. It's, uh, it's not very enjoyable to watch. 
So selfishly, we've got another 11 games to watch of this team. <laughs> we have another 11 games to watch of this team this season. And I, look, I've seen some bad football in my days. I'm a Northwestern football fan. So I totally understand what I'm talking about when I see, when I say I've seen some bad football. But this, this is rough. It's, it's going to be rough. And, um, you know, we, we used uh, different words to describe this team. I, I used sleep-inducing on Sports Extra on Sunday night. Our, our Matt Musil used uh, growing pains. And honestly, every time we should show Texans highlights, we should play that growing pains theme song because that's exactly what this is going to be. Texans look miserable. They got Arizona coming up. Cardinals are looking great. Kyler Murray's an MVP candidate. DeAndre Hopkins playing out of his mind. J.J. Watt was great against the Browns. Um, man, I go back to my original point, and what they should consider doing is not showing up. Like, just go ahead and take a self-imposed bye week. Self-imposed bye week. Texans are saying, hey, look, you know what? We appreciate you guys, but we're just going to sit this one out. You're not going to really miss us. Let's just move forward and uh, prepare for the next game on the schedule, which uh, I believe is the Rams after that back here at home, which is not easy sledding at all. Anyway, Texans are in a rough spot. I hate to see them this way, but it may be worse than we thought. And we've got 11 games left. Topic number two, ALCS. And the reason it's topic number two, you're probably wondering, well, Daniel, that's obviously more important than the Texans, right? Texans are woefully bad, and the Astros are one step away from the World Series. The reason I have it as topic number two is because when you're recording these podcasts, it's very hard to talk about something that might not be timely a day, you know, 24 hours later. So I'm going to post this on what, Monday night? Game three is on Monday night. And that's why I wanted to talk Texans first, because, you know, somebody could listen to this on Tuesday. And I'm not going to do a full breakdown of games, specific games, because of that particular reason. I'm going to do a more general assessment of where the Astros are right now. And going into this series, I thought they were going to be okay. Uh, I knew they, they might not have Lance McCullers, who uh, got hurt against the White Sox, which is a tough blow for him. He was pitching so well. I uh, hate to see that he's worked his whole career to get to this point to be the ace of his staff, and then he gets hurt again. Hopefully that's not long-term damage there to his forearm and see if he comes back for the World Series if that's the case. I thought they were going to be okay because of the way the uh, Astros' offense just tears the cover off the ball. Now, we saw in the ALDS the White Sox did a very, very poor job of pitching the Astros. You could beat the Astros if you are aggressive against them in the strike zone. You know, they lost the same amount of games as some of these other teams, so they're not unbeatable, right? The Astros have holes in some of their players. Altuve, uh, Alvarez, Correa, if you pitch them the right way, you're going to get them out. The White Sox did not do that at all. Uh, and you can't walk guys against the Astros either because they will make you pay. So I thought that offense was so dynamic heading into this series. I know the Red Sox have been playing well. They were good against the Rays. They beat the Yankees, finished strong at the end of the season. Sometimes one of those hot teams are the most dangerous, but I thought the Astros were still going to be in good shape. Then uh, Luis Garcia gets hurt. Now, he, he says he's going to be fine. He's going to be hopefully ready to pitch later on in this series. But right now, the Astros offense probably has the most pressure they've had on them probably in the last couple of years, I would say, because they need to be, <clears throat> and it's hard to say you need to be perfect as an offense in baseball because there are so many factors and variables that go into um, hitting and conditions and all that, 
they need to be laser focused on what they're doing. Had to have good at bats because when they go to Fenway, it's going to be tough. And the Red Sox are playing some good baseball. And when you don't have that pitching, I mean, it's so crazy for me to see this. I mean, baseball has changed so much in the last five years, in the last 10 years. I mean, even if you have a guy, this is how much baseball has changed. Let's put it this way. When I watch playoff baseball games, you know, growing up my whole life, you, you had starters. You had guys that you can count on horses at the beginning of these games. You know, I go back to 2005 when the White Sox won the World Series. But before they got to the World Series, they had their four starting pitchers throw four complete games to win the American League pennant. That's unheard of these days. I mean, you've got guys like a Max Scherzer, Verlander when he's healthy, <clears throat> Verlander when he's healthy, Garrett Cole. You've got horses. You've got guys that can really take the ball, and you can expect to go five, six, seven innings. That's not the case anymore. You've got openers. The Rays have kind of started this whole trend that people are kind of latching onto. You've got openers that hopefully can get you through three or four, have your offense take the lead, and then hand it off to the bullpen. Man, I hate bullpens. I don't want to put anything in the hands of any bullpen, more specifically the Astros one, although the Astros bullpen has pitched pretty well, especially in the ALDS they pitched pretty well, except for game three, which they kind of blew up. Um, I don't want to put my... I mean, you're not paying the bullpen guys as much money as you are the starters, right? So I don't really understand why you're paying so much money to starters, especially when it's crunch time. When you get to the postseason, these guys are only going four or five innings. Uh, you guys need to extend a game, like six or seven innings. I think these managers get a little trigger happy sometimes pulling these guys a little earlier, which is unfortunate. But this series, this dynamic is, is, is wild to watch. Like Usually you go into like game three, game four. Who are the scheduled starters? Okay, Jose Urquidy, game three. Well... He's got to go four, five, six, five, six innings, and then you can hand it off to the bullpen. No, no, no. Now it's, hey, can you get us through four? I don't like the way baseball's become, especially when it comes to that, because I, I, I just love the old model when you have horses. You have, you have guys that can really start, can really command games. You don't have that anymore. So this series is going to be really interesting to see when it goes to Fenway. I think if the Astros take one game up there, they bring it back to Minute Maid for game six and seven, they're going to be in good shape. But how the pitching staff is going to turn out, I have no idea. Um, I, would say, I, I was picking the Astros in six to begin this series. I think if they win this, it's going to have to be in seven. Uh, because I do think the Red Sox take two of three in, uh, in Boston. And then back here, the Astros have to win those two in front of the home park uh, to get back to another World Series. And um, you know, regardless of how this thing turns out, I may not be a fan of the Astros, and I've followed them, you know, covered them throughout this golden age of Astros baseball. It's really remarkable what they've done. I mean, they have compiled this pitching staff of a bunch of guys of international signings and, you know, not big-time free agents. They have Zach Grinke, who's not even a starter now. I mean, they've developed them in the system. They've got guys coming up, pitching big games for them, and that offense is still churning it out. It is... It is, it is impressive to watch, and we'll see what, uh, what happens in this series uh, and how it turns out. But uh, Astros, I think, are in a little bit of trouble uh, in Boston. If that, if that offense can show up, have good at-bats, get some consistency with those at-bats like we've seen so far in the postseason, even, that, even in that game they lost 9-5, to later on in the game they had some good at-bats. I think the Astros are going to be fine. Another topic I wanted to discuss is a question that I posed on my social media pages. So if you uh, want to go on there and comment, let me know what your opinion is, go ahead. The question was, what is the best Houston sports moment 
not including the championships that we've ever seen. Right, so you take away the Astros in 2017, the two Rockets championships, the Dynamo winning back-to-back -back titles, you know, team sport championships. What's the best Houston sports moment that we've ever seen? Uh, for me, it's Jose Altuve sending the Astros to the World Series in 2019 off of Aroldis Chapman. A dramatic moment. We haven't seen many walk-off home runs to win a series in postseason history. And that was, I remember where I was, I was here watching the game in our control room because we were waiting. We were anxiously, you know, on the edge of our seat if we, we've, if, because our newscast had just ended. It was a Saturday night, I believe. Saturday night, the newscast had just ended, but we were going to stick around to see if the Astros did win the game because we were going to go back on, do some live coverage and all that. I was watching in the control room, and, and he smokes that ball, and that place goes absolutely crazy. I wasn't there. I was here, like I mentioned, but I think when you think back of iconic moments in Houston sports, that's got to be it. Now, I know people have pointed to that moment, talking about Altuve wearing a buzzer and this and that, whatever. Um, honestly, Altuve is the one that gets the bad rap out of all of this stuff. And uh, I think because, you know, it's come out that he's, he never used the sign-stealing uh, mechanism that they have, the bang in the trash cans. He didn't like it. He didn't partake in it. But, he, you know, he's the face of the of the franchise, so he's going to get most of the ire from other fan bases, as we've seen so far in the postseason and leading up to it. So uh, that, for me, was probably the best sports moment in Houston history. Now, I've had other people comment. Uh, some, somebody left a comment. Chris Burke hitting a home run, walk-off shot, same fashion. It wasn't to go to the World Series, but that was in 2005 against the Braves. Still an iconic moment in Houston sports. Um, let's see here. Uh, oh, one, uh, one of my colleagues, Bill Bishop, huge Houston sports fan. By the way, Bill has, has this streak going of attending home games, uh, Houston football home games. It's amazing. It goes back to the Oilers, but he's a great guy. Uh, so shout out to Bill Bishop on that. He says, I'm reading here, November 20th, 1978. So see, he's a big fan. Goes back a long time. Monday Night Football, Earl Campbell runs for 199 yards and four touchdowns versus Miami on National television. Um, that was a big moment. I've seen highlights of that game, so that was huge. What other big moments have there been? T-Mac at uh, Game 5 to win the 2017 World Series. Uh, game 5 was epic. When that back-and-forth game, home runs from Yuli, Altuve, Springer, that was awesome. Bregman with a walk-off hit. Uh, let me see. Let's see what else we have here. Uh, game 5, that's the Chris Burke one. And then uh, Rockets come back against the Clippers. And that was a huge moment back in the playoffs in the second round to get to the Western Conference Finals. That was huge. So just an interesting topic to kind of debate and discuss. I thought that that was kind of fun. So if you have any comments, any questions, or anything that you would like to say about that, head over to my social media pages and, uh, and let me know. Finally, I want to wrap up the podcast by saying I'm not good at sports betting. And by that, I mean I, when I place bets for my teams to win, they usually don't turn out well. So uh, given the fact that I'm a huge Sox fan, one of my best friends lives in Utah now, Mike Rank. He was in my wedding. I worked with him in South Dakota. He's a huge Minnesota Twins fan. And look, there are very few teams that I dislike more. In fact, there are none that I dislike more than the Minnesota Twins. So that's always an interesting dynamic. Uh, in our friendship, and we text back and forth all the time. Like I said, he lives in Salt Lake City now with his wife. Uh, he's a photographer out there for the Fox affiliate. 
And so uh, we're always talking, texting back and forth, chatting about whether or not, hey, who's going to win this? So every year, we put a bottle of Crown Royal on the line. Now, I owe him several bottles of Crown Royal because I, uh, the Sox have been dreadfully bad the last couple of years. So I think I owe him like uh, four or five, six. It's basically a bet on the season series, probably more than that. So, Mike, uh, uh, that's what you're getting for Christmas. Uh, I'm finally going to pay up on the debt uh, of those bottles of alcohol. Plus, I, I owe uh, my neighbor a bottle of alcohol because I bet the White Sox would win the ALDS this year over the Astros. He's a big Astros fan, so I lost that. So you, you get the drip. I'm not very good at this. I should really stop doing it. Uh, so a couple of weeks ago, uh, Northwestern, which, by the way, they won. So when I do record this podcast on a Monday, if the Wildcats win, I will wear Northwestern uh, paraphernalia. Uh, like I am right now. I wore it last time when I recorded the last podcast. Uh, they beat Rutgers. Uh, they need three more wins to get to a bowl game. I don't really care who they beat, uh, but I, they just need to win three more because this is a rebuilding season. If we can get to a bowl game, that'd be great. So anyway, long story short, a couple of weeks ago, uh, a friend of mine who uh, is a former NASA astronaut, Clayton Anderson, he's been on the podcast before. Great guy. Love him. He's a huge Houston sports fan. He's been around Houston for a really long time. Uh, working down at NASA, but he's from Nebraska. So he's a huge Nebraska fan, right? So I decided, okay, well, let's, let's, let's lay down a bet. And I say I've been bad at bets, but honestly, I won last year. And I won in a big way because it benefited my son. So I guess, like I mentioned, he's an astronaut, and he's got a lot of cool stuff. And my son is really into space, right? We, we look at this uh, app all the time. It's called Night Sky. In fact, I, you guys should check it out because I've actually kind of looked at it on my own time. It kind of details all the constellations and all the stars and the planets. You learn a lot about it. He's really into space, and he loves it. So last year, I bet him, hey, uh, you can send me a copy of your new book. This is what I told Clayton. You send me a copy of your new book if Northwestern beats Nebraska. And sure enough, they did. So I got a copy of his book for my son. Great book, by the way. You should go check that out. And... Uh, and he also sent a couple of other things, mission patches from when he was in the International Space Station. Really good guy. So this year, we decided he reached out to me again. And I think he knew, by the way, which is not really fair. I think he knew that he was going to win this bet because Nebraska and Northwestern played at Nebraska's homecoming this year in Lincoln. And I, being the sucker that I am, thought, oh, well, oh, we've beaten them there before. That's totally fine. Uh, I did not realize that our team was not going to be that great this year when I made this bet. But, you know... The word is my bond. That's what I tell my son. That's what I, uh, I love to live by. So if I give my word to something, let's, uh, let's go through with it. So the bet was that I, if Northwestern lost, would have to wear uh, a Nebraska cap on TV or something Nebraska-wise. Well, uh, that game ended 56-7 to in favor of the team wearing red. So, Clayton, here you go. I am, uh, I am putting this on, and I have officially lost my bet to you. Um, red is not my color. I don't hate it. Uh, it's not a bad hat, though. I may wear it when I do yard work or something. Um, but purple is definitely my color, and this year it was not on display. 56-7, to 7, it was a drubbing. I watched the game. Halfway through the first quarter, I turned it off. Couldn't take it anymore. So here... Clayton Anderson, former NASA astronaut. This is me paying off my debts, my bet that I lost. So here you go, wearing a Nebraska cap and a Northwestern sweatshirt. I don't know how many people do this, but here I am doing it on camera. 
And I'm going to do it on the newscast as well because that was the bet. I said I lost and I was going to do it live on TV, so I'm going to do that. And I have to buy him lunch too, which is the good part about this bet because I haven't seen him in a, in a while. In fact, you know what? I don't, I don't actually know if we've met in person <laughs> because we communicated last year in the pandemic. He came on the podcast. We've kind of done a couple of Zoom interviews, but it's going to be great to catch up to him. So all, all, is, all is fun. Uh, it fits nicely. Thank you for the cap. Like I said, it's actually not a bad cap. Uh, but here it is. Nebraska beats Northwestern. So I lose this year's bet. Next year we'll do it again. That's going to be it for the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. If you watched on YouTube, I appreciate you sticking through this whole thing and watching me all this, uh, this whole time. If you listen on the audio podcast version of this, thanks for tuning in. I will see you guys next time. We'll see what the Astros do this week. And hopefully, I think I'm going to catch up to you a couple days down the road. Let's see if we have more baseball to talk about. If we do, that means the Astros are going to Game 6 and Game 7 back here at home. If not, we recap the season on Thursday, but maybe it won't, be, it won't get to that. So thanks for tuning in. I appreciate it. Until next time, see you later. Go Cats! Not Huskers, but go Cats.